0: Welcome to Soul Counseling with Shannon Autumn, a weekly counseling podcast about connection, meaning, and transparency. I'm Shannon, thank you so much for tuning in. So in this episode, I engage in some shadow-like self-disclosure, which you'll notice I'll be doing from time to time. Just a way to express how, just as it is important to recognize light within ourselves and to work towards the light within our lives it is also important to honor the shadow qualities the components of our being that we tend to not want to acknowledge and so we can learn how to process that process process some of the difficulty or the struggle that we may experience so that We can work towards growth and development and let's define ruminating because i do use that term it use that term in this episode so ruminating is the idea of this cyclical thought process over a central idea that is kind of blown out of proportion so for example something happened last night and so your mind goes to that um, goes to that previous memory or that previous experience and then you start thinking about the one thing that you did maybe the one thing that you did that you perceived as wrong and then you go on to think about what you could have done differently or the possible scenarios of what could have happened if you'd done things differently and thinking about why you didn't do things differently or uh, so it's kind of like all these thoughts over the central, this one thing that happened, and then you just continue to think about that, and then that causes some restlessness in the mind. And also, I want to emphasize how I do not know everything. My intention here is to be transparent with my process and what I observe when I'm searching and processing what I'm working through, just like how you're searching. And hopefully this transparency can assist you in becoming more transparent with yourself and your own process. It's important for me to say this too, uh, power and entitlement are two different things, are different because I do use the word power, um, self-empowering, but also understanding that there is a divine interplay that we need to surrender to or learn how to surrender to. Just as it's important to be empowered, it is also important to be humble and discern for when surrender is necessary. So surrendering to a stressful outcome that is out of your hands or partly out of your hands. So I guess that's all I want to say at the beginning. So let's go ahead and get into this episode. breath, prana, life force energy, chi, ka, all these different sayings for the similar idea, life force energy. So this is what we will be exploring today, however I get deeper into I guess the scientific biological aspects of it and how this autonomic response in the body can help us bridge a connection to deeper aspects within ourselves, aspects of our life force energy, life force energy itself, and how we are able to connect to this tool, this tool of the breath when we are moving through discomfort, so we can move through this discomfort with more ease. And so let's get dive deeper into thought streams. So what I notice with the breath is that it makes you, it helps you become more aware of your thoughts, of your cognitive patterns, your self-talk. And so this is what I notice. I notice there are these two streams of thought that I tend to experience, thoughts that are driven by this ego and thoughts that are driven by spirit of soul. And so I will share with you some of the self talk, this inner dialogue that I tend to engage in, this thought stream that is ego driven. So, like I've, I've shared this before, I'm just nervous, I'm nervous doing this podcast. I am known for mispronouncing certain words and stuttering so again that is part of my process of healing my throat chakra and so there are definitely these insecurities uh, I tend to experience and they can become overpowering yet. I know that you know these insecurities are part of our nature part of this ego that we have to learn how to work through and so honestly I am kind of ruminating like who is actually listening to this podcast and their intention behind listening so a little sinister and I think that you know people have these thoughts these sinister thoughts and this is why like I notice I have them and people who are close to me know that I have them. I share I share these things regularly with those who are close to me and just being able to create this dialogue by becoming more aware of when these thought processes are becoming overpowering is is empowering. So this is why I need these tools and practices in my life, this tool of breath work, of meditation, of mindfulness movement practices. And I definitely notice it when I am not engaging in them regularly. So there is this experience of intense emotional reactivity, well for me at least, this intense emotional reactivity, ruminating thought patterns and certain defense behaviors. I notice that I tend to prefer avoidance. And again, those who are close to me can vouch for this. You know, um, what's funny is just being a yoga teacher, people just have this idea of you, how like, how you know, you're positive all the time when really that's not always the case. I would just say that, you know, people struggle and yet it's just some people have developed tools that work for them, that work well for them. And so I encourage you to find those tools, those practices that work for you when you are going through the struggle that we all tend to experience. And so especially when that involves emotional, your emotional reactivity, your ruminating thought patterns and certain defense behaviors. And so these naturally come up these tend to come up it is the natural cycle of the human experience and just as the buddhists say life is suffering those experiences of reactivity rumination and defenses are part of the effects and affects of suffering and the experience of suffering is inevitable as humans we will all experience them. It is the consequence of our consciousness. Lately I have been listening to Jordan B. Peterson's podcast. He is a psychologist who studies the morality of the collective, Uh, looks at different archetypal stories and themes that we can we can refer to when we are looking to develop ourselves, and so he references biblical stories and looking at the psychological implications of biblical stories so he has this view of the garden apple of eden and also if you have not checked his if you haven't checked his podcast i highly recommend it it's pretty great he gets into really deep things that i That is cool to reflect on, and his research studies uh, evil in particular. So it's kind of um, it's kind of intimidating, I guess, for individuals who are not quite open with that aspect of themselves. But he studies the evil potential in human behavior. So we, the more we become an acknowledge of that potential within us then we have more independence to steer away from it. So that's what he gets into, and he gets into like a whole bunch of other stuff that you can check out. And so relating this to his idea of the garden apple of Eden, and how this is analogous to the consciousness of humankind, this gaining of knowledge. And with this knowledge comes collective consequences and so, this gaining of knowledge is a, has consequences that that relate to the saying of you know ignorance is bliss. So when we have more knowledge of something, that that sense of that bliss tends to be more distant and. This is seen as someone who, for example, like children in general, how with kids, we tend to not disclose certain things until they are older. So it's that same idea, that the more that we gain this experience, the more that we have these certain consequences that is important to manage. And so how do we manage the suffering, pain or discomfort that is inevitable in our lives. And this is where the breath comes in. This is where yoga comes in. In yoga, this is described as prana, life force energy. And this life force energy is the bridge between unconscious and conscious awareness. So the act of breathing is an autonomic response in the body meaning we do not have to consciously think about breathing. So this is great for our survival, for conserving our energy to do other things. Because imagine if you had to think about breathing 24 seven, it would be, our mind would be preoccupied with that need to breathe. And you know, we don't really multitask we can't be doing two tasks at the same time we just switch from one task to the other quickly or try to do it quickly but this relates to this idea of energy conservation so if we were if we had to think about breathing 24 7 then that would be it would make it more of a challenge to do other things in our day-to-day like driving or or listening to this podcast, or doing the dishes, or uh, just your regular mundane things, and also the extraordinary. So, and also, how do how we incorporate this breath is also useful for the extraordinary. And so, again, this is great for our survival. It conserves our energy. We can go about our day without the constant worrying without the constant worry of having to breathe. Like I said, this is great, yet when this response continues without diligent check-ins and when there are those moments of suffering or discomfort, this response can lead to the emotional reactivity that diffuses to the cognitive rumination and behavioral defenses. So without regularly checking Regularly checking with the breath, we can engage in this shallow breathing that stimulates our stress response. And when we are not aware of that, then imagine if someone has been shallow breathing for like most of their lives, then this emotional reactivity becomes more natural for them because their stress response is always on. And so It is linked, this inner experience of reactivity and rumination and the outer experience of defenses. There is this movement, a movement between these states. And the experience of suffering and how we manage this inevitable suffering involves involves dynamic movement between states. And so our ability to engage in this movement between the unconscious to the conscious can be quite useful, especially when managing discomfort in our lives, managing the suffering that comes with being human. And so our development of awareness influences the quality of this movement How we develop our awareness influences this movement quality of of recognizing when these emotional reactivity is leading us to more suffering, more suffering that is not necessary. And so this development of awareness governs our ability and self-efficacy to manage our collective and individual experiences of suffering. So for those who are in tune with the collective and who are more in tune, or who are in tuned with this all, we are all one aspect, then when you are energetically open in that sense, it is important to develop this awareness so that we can notice when we are taking in this this collective energy that is not ours and so the breath is the bridge it is the life force energy that supports our movement quality of experience how we experience this discomfort and the perceptions that we have this discomfort whether we are resisting this discomfort and resisting the natural cycle of growth that stems from discomfort. This life force energy supports the bridge between autonomic and self-governing impulses, between unconscious and conscious awareness, between this autonomic response, this response that we don't have to consciously think about and moving this to a conscious response so that we develop more awareness, more self-governing capabilities to manage discomfort and manage that, that inevitability of suffering. So we don't have to experience unnecessary suffering. And when, when we are able to move towards conscious awareness, we create the autonomy and also uphold the personal responsibility to undergo soul development so this personal responsibility links with self-governing capabilities and when we create this this bridge between responsibility and capability then we can create movement towards awareness awareness of whether our patterns are necessary or not And so this necessity this necessity of the breath is so important Breath is the bridge to the soul This is a bridge of mind and body that creates the optimal conditions to connect to the soul As eyes are the windows to the soul, the breath is like the doorbell. It is a signaling tool of opportunity to revisit old patterns and meet new patterns, new states of being that is bringing you closer to growth and development and bringing you closer to your capability of managing discomfort. And so imagine if there is this lack of signaling and there is something that requires urgent attention. How, how difficult that would be, how what, and how it is also a safety hazard, this lack of awareness, how it is a safety hazard for the person, the involved parties and innocent binder, bystanders, for example for someone who is easily reactive negatively reactive to situations then that chemical response actually inhabits the body and when we aren't when that that emotion is remains stagnant when we hold on to this reactivity this trigger or or become overpowered by this trigger, then for those that whether you were triggered by somebody, you could be projecting this trigger onto others without even realizing it. And that that projection can influence the other person and that person can react because of their own things that they're dealing with as well. And then for people who who want to help these individuals can usually be like the the emotional punching bag. This is seen as like, you know, for someone who who comes home and kind of harbors the the difficulties that went on at work. And projects it onto their partner, their partner. Like this is something that tends to happen and or can happen. And so we have it is important to develop this awareness, this and using the breath as the signaling tool for for when something does require our attention when patterns or triggers are becoming overpowering and They are creating this unnecessary suffering. And so breath is the bridge and anchor of awareness. It is the focal point, the drishti, that assists our navigation and discomfort. The movement of breath can teach us the cycling of receiving, processing, and releasing. So this idea of receiving what's going on in our environment, our circumstance, processing what's happening, and imagine if we have these like, old patterns or these triggers, how we process it will influence how we release it. Uh, and, this, and whether if we are releasing it or if it just becomes this projection and this, this energy, this stagnation stays within us and as we are better able to move through that cycle of receiving of new air of of new information of our environment of our circumstance when we are better able to move through this receiving this processing of transportation this processing of of transporting how we feel our inner stimuli and how we decide what to do with that information and how we release these particles or this byproduct that we that do, does not serve a purpose in our body anymore and so when we when we are better able to navigate through discomfort, through suffering, and the inevitabilities of the human experience, the breath can be integrated with that navigation system. And it can be a vital source of this navigation through discomfort. And this is seen as in yoga, so if there is a very challenging posture, one thing that tends to happen with practitioners who are still getting finding the groove in their practice is people tend to hold their breath during challenging postures and so when we learn how to breathe through challenging postures breathing through postures that are that stimulate this inflexible part of our body so This is regularly seen in the hips. When we are better able to breathe through that, then that can translate to the challenges, the discomfort within our own lives. Being able to recognize where these areas of inflexibility create stagnation with the way that we move through our experiences. And so the breath is a tool for connection. It is the bridge to meaning and breath is a helpful and a meaningful bridge for understanding the signal of our emotional, cognitive, and behavioral states. And it is useful to connect to the signal, connect to when we are engaging in this, in these patterns that create more dissonance, Within our, within our energy field or within ourselves and learning how to release that, learning how to release it with the exhale. And so it is the life force energy, this breath that can help fuel our experiential connection with suffering and our ability to manage discomfort with ease. So, oh, excuse me. Sura is at a place that she is not supposed to be. Sura, get down, please. Get down, get down, thank you. So it is helpful to engage in breath work, being able to create this conscious awareness, conscious awareness of the breath. And when we do so regularly, then you'll notice some other other things that tend to happen which can lead to more understanding more understanding of your current patterns and more connection to your capability of shifting patterns creating new patterns that better work for you that better work for your circumstance and when we go about our days, our lives, we will be confronted with experiences of discomfort and learning how to breathe through that, how to be conscious and aware of that discomfort will help you as you navigate through it because it is through that discomfort and through this connection with our inner navigation system, our inner GPS, that we are able to move through this discomfort in a way that leads to more growth, that leads to more understanding and more love for ourselves and for others. When we really start to understand ourselves, then we can create this bridge to the soul And then you realize how we are all similar. We have these collective experiences that we draw individual experience from. And so the breath, life force, energy, ka, chi. I'm trying to think if there's other ways of saying it, but ka is the Egyptian um, way of saying it. Chi is um, in Eastern philosophy in China, in other aspects, or <laughs> please correct me if I say anything wrong, um, or fact check me, you're welcome to do that as well, so I openly invite that, so definitely question anything you hear. And the prana in Hindu cultures, breath is everything and when we are able to regularly connect to it it allows us to connect more deeply with ourselves to our life meaning and our ability to be transparent with ourselves and with others that leads to meaningful relationships in your life and yet this this is something that you know doesn't happen overnight you know it's not like you Do breath work one night and then all these things, all these things, all these things happen the next day, but it's definitely a start, it's, it's an anchor, it's your way to anchor with a mindfulness practice that can lead you there, and then, and that can help you start that process of being more conscious, being more aware of your own patterns. And as you become aware of your patterns, then you're in a better place to understand that other people experience their patterns and so when we are able to experience our lives with being less triggered with this with less emotional reactivity of ruminating thought patterns and behavioral defenses then we can develop that meaningful relationship that meaningful connection and we can better able we can be in a better position to experience that the inevitability of suffering because it is something that will cycle in and out of our lives continually and you know it's it goes to the saying of like these things m- it seems like these things like don't get easier, this this idea of of difficulty, of challenge. I would say that as you progress through the human lifesta- lifespan, we become more challenged and we are confronted more we are regularly confronted with discomfort. And so it is our personal responsibility of developing tools to manage that so that we are able to grow and we are able to develop and really create this bridge to de- deeper aspects within ourselves creating this bridge this bridge to our inner navigation system and being aware of these patterns and the more that we engage in this process of connecting to the breath, the more that we get glimpses of what our this idea of soul, of spirit um, entails, and really starting to build a relationship with this inner support system, this inner navigation system, will help you as you move through challenges in your life and so connecting to this life force energy being more aware of this life force energy comes with responsibility it comes with this capability of moving through patterns moving through cycles within our lives and being in a better position to understand the cycles that other people are experiencing and going through and as we feel this experiential connection with suffering then we are able to create a deeper connection with the other side of it which is happiness and with this it is possible. It is, it is something that we can continually do throughout the day and throughout our lives. Much love to you for sticking around and listening. If you feel moved to do so, I would appreciate you leaving a review on iTunes to help other listeners find this podcast. Hopefully it's positive. Feel free to share with family, friends, and anyone you think would benefit from the content. Visit lightshawzen.com, L I G H T S H A Z E N, to learn more about me and my offerings. To support this podcast, you can donate the amount of your choice through PayPal by visiting the Lightshaw Zen website and clicking the donate button at the bottom of the page. A link will be included in the show notes. So tune in to the next episode, which I'm excited to share with you because it is different than previous episodes. It's a guided meditation, which I plan to offer on a regular basis. So until next time, the light within me honors and respects the beautiful and divine light within you. Namaste.